When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. In the middle of August, in the middle of two months since the last time the Suns played a game, actually, July, August, holy crap, three months since the Suns last played a game, and then a still six more weeks until training camp starts, and yet here we are on a Saturday morning talking basketball. Uh, good morning this morning on our, on our solar panel this morning. I have two guests um, both of them love cigars, says the asthmatic. <laughs> Jake is actually is drinking a Guinness too. Is that what you got there, Jake? Oh no, a little Nespresso coffee. It's oh, okay. All fancy recently. <laughs> I just thought you were going full bore, just to oh. a cigar and Guinness first thing in the morning. It is Saturday. <laughs> we got Jake here as as one of our guests, and then we have the infamous, the man. The legend, the greatest show on earth, PLR, the cave show. Paul Richardson, how's it going, man? My man, what's happening? I'm I'm jealous here because I'm not able to enjoy a, a good morning cigar to get the day going. Oh my god, is that even a thing that cigars get the day going? There's a morning cigars or how you finish out the day. No, you can have a morning cigar. There's, you, if you don't have a lot of time, you can have a dog walker. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can have, Dave. Right. It's kind of like your uh, friends when they say they the went dog? drinking all day. I don't think Dave. we want to go further into that analogy. <laughs> Dave, no, that's walking a dog. <laughs> Dave, it's a lot like when people say they were drinking all day. You got to start sometime, usually in the morning, to make sure that that qualifies. And that's yeah. And that's it's not drinking. Twenty one and day, older for all the kids out there. There's the disclaimer right there. So we're set. <laughs> wow okay so yes so we've got we've got some coffee we got some cigars going here we have the phoenix suns again who have not played in a while um but yet we are ready on a saturday morning to cover this good morning everyone thank you for joining us on the solar panel uh we are going to first get you caught up on what happened in the past week that won't take long uh, then we're going to talk about, I wrote an article, a couple of articles this week on Brightside about the what the Nets are really looking for and what they can get. And then uh, we're going to talk about whether, you know, we think KD is still on the table and, and how likely he is for the Suns. 
And then we're going to talk about another option the Suns could go to with their assets and whether that is a good direction to go to. So we'll get to that in the second half of the show. To start us off, though, I was wondering, because we're in the middle of August, it's the hottest part of the year in Phoenix. I was wondering if anybody wants to throw out a hot take that doesn't ruin the rest of this episode, but a hot take about the Suns just to get us off on the right foot. PLR, what have you been thinking about with the Suns this week, you know, in the, in the doldrums of August? You know, actually what I thought about was I hope their uh, point guard announcer is feeling better and is back. It's Skylar Diggins-Smith who, uh, who, you know, won't finish the season for the Mercury and hopefully, you know, prayers up to whatever's going on with her that they could actually have someone, a point guard to offset EJ when the, when they get to playing again. Someone who's played recently in the last two decades? A, a, point, a point guard, not just a shooter. Everything EJ said is from shooting. So, no, you know, just give him a hard time. But, yeah, just hopefully you things are well with her. You got the commentary from Tim Kempton, who was yep. – just one of the traditional big white guys and, and uh, played center. You got EJ, who was a shooter, who talks about shooting the whole game. So we need more point guard. Maybe Skyler's just getting herself ready for the Suns season as an announcer. That'd be great. Let's hope so. Let's just hope everything is, is well and, and she's back doing it because she's very good at it. That was She had a hell of a season for the Mercury. Uh, we'll just we'll just tangent off really quick, folks. I know not everybody who's an NBA fan is a Mercury fan, but um, we'll uh, just tangent real quick. Skylar Diggins Smith does some color commentator play by play kind of analysis for the Phoenix Suns during the season because she's a Mercury point guard in the in the rest of the year, and she is really really great at. It. And this year for the Mercury, she actually was incredible. During the season, she made another all-star game. Uh, she's really, really good as a point guard. Sometimes I wish, you know, if there wasn't such a, uh, uh, I don't know, is it, there's a difference in the, in the level of play between the women and the men. But if there wasn't, she would be a hell of a backup point guard for the Phoenix Suns. Um, I would love to watch her every day. I could watch her every day. What was the kid that's from France that you love so much that was on a roster a couple of years ago? Uh, uh, I did not. I did not. <laughs> Look how quickly the defenses go up. I did not. I bet you take Elliot Sky over Kobo? him. Yes, I bet she, you take she Sky over him. She circles around Elliot Kobe. <laughs> he just she needs another year to develop, any Dave. Of the 2018 point guards the Phoenix Suns employed, <laughs> Isaiah Kanan, no offense to him, but she'd kick his ass on a, on a basketball court. Uh, yeah, Elia Kobo. Don't even <laughs> slander. Don't even. That's your hot take for the morning. <laughs> Jake, Dave has his jersey. Yeah, I bet. Dave, Dave has his has his jersey. Don't be fooled. <laughs> the Kobo. <laughs> the Kobo. I'll pull it out here sometime. No, no that is definitely not. Uh, nice guy, by the way. Really Very nice, nice guy. Always available for post game interviews in the locker room. <laughs> Yes, actually signed autographs for my sons, so they actually liked because him. nobody else was talking to him. Yeah, so they're <laughs> just able to walk up and say I, hi. I, I actually hope you guys do have a jersey uh, of Kobo, and go ask Monty Williams to sign it. I mean, I, you know, as being one of the favorites, <laughs> he was one of Monty's favorites. 
I mean, every somebody should have like the collection, right? The Akobo, the Nader, the who else has been the, the oh my god, the, he's still the Monty him? Williams Reserve collection. Yeah, available yeah, now yeah. for Frank is on there too. Frank's the one. <laughs> Frank's like the star of that group. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of guys that are Monty Williams' favorites. Oh well, Jake. First of all, before I move into that, yeah. give me your hot take. What have you been thinking about with the Suns this week that well, you want to you want you want to share with us? I didn't think I was going to be able to slip it in this early in the show, but Hassan Whiteside. Dude, don't say that. It's, it's, I'm just I don't know. Maybe I'm not watching him enough, but he looks like he could fulfill the JaVale McGee Dude, backup. Stop. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> Lots of rebounds, block shots. There's a reason he is sitting on the sidelines. Not signed by a team, despite being a double-double machine. He wants to hold out for a title contender like the Suns. That's, that's what you're telling me, Dave. All right. You're also probably an Andre Drummond fan. I mean, I do like the back-to-the-basket game. The basket game. You know this, Dave. Like, uh, <laughs> but, all right, all right. I'll, I'll pull I'm back Throwing up that. in my mouth right now. <laughs> Almost as if I was smoking that cigar. Jeez. <laughs> What's wrong with Andre Drummond, by the way? Oh, right. Dude, if we're going to play half-court rec league basketball, nothing. In the playoffs, the game slows down. Every now and then, you do need to be able to throw the ball down. Why is Drummond a better player in the playoffs? Why do those guys disappear in the playoffs? I I, I like him. I mean, he's walking 18 (laughs) rebounds. Oh, God. Good. I'm with you, Jake. Let's transition. All right, I got to cut this off. This is blasphemy. (laughs) I got to cut this off. Let's transition to the Suns' actual backup center this year. He's been hurt for the past year. He's finally healthy. Dario Saric, who is also another Monty favorite, he calls him a connector. Says he really helps, you know, make keep that offense running um, in that second unit. And he just did an interview this week because he was prepping for starts today, the uh, the FIBA championships. Um, and, uh, he is going to be playing for Croatia this summer. He's fully healthy again, starts today. So that means he can move, he can run, he can do whatever he will be healthy for the playoffs. Do you guys even remember what Dario on a basketball court looks like? Doesn't it feel like 10 years ago? Seriously. Doesn't it feel like a long time ago? It does. It does. You know what he is, excuse me, all the things that Monty says he is. I just don't think he's as high level of a player doing it as Monty says he is. But I do believe – I go back to this. I honestly think if Dario was healthy against Milwaukee, Suns would have won that. They might have. They He definitely would have been able to match up with Brooke Lopez a lot better than anyone else on the Suns court because at that point all they had was Jay Crowder. <laughs> 6'6", Jay Crowder, to defend Brooke Lopez next to Giannis because they put DeAndre on Giannis. Jake, what do you think? Do you remember what Dario looks like as a basketball player? <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, 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 Sun's Jam session, the uh, Saric smoke break, uh, is actually how I remember Dario Saric. is just uh, with a cigarette in his mouth sitting on the bench or uh, in the back Darth, of the gas station. Kind Darth of is going to love you. Your, his, <laughs> your only recollection of Dario is clips from Sun's Jam session. Podcast. I mean, no, no. I, I You know what's funny? I, let's be honest, though. What is? I feel like the one term that gets always thrown around about Dario, and I don't hear about any other player, is that he is a connector. 
Now, when I played high school basketball, I never had my coach go, now, Jake, I just want you to go out there and be a connector, be a connector. But that is like when I watched him play, he he's high energy. Uh, he seemed to have a higher motor um, and campaign seemed to play really well off of him. And he did. He was quick. Uh, and of course, Monty's 0.5 system, make quick decisions, get the ball moving. He was good as a big man when it came to that. He wouldn't sit like he could t- take the spot up three or he would dish it right back to somebody and get the ball moving again. He didn't just sit there and start pounding the ball. So um, he, he's not a highlight guy. So it's it's you're, you're not going to yeah. be able to sit there and be like, I remember that huge dunk he had or that, you know, game winning half court three pointer, not his game. But I mean, it's overused connector, but that's what he is. He's like, you know, he's, he's the oil that helps the gears, you know, all kind of turn. Yeah. Um, campaign really needed somebody to take a little bit of pressure off of him as a passer. As a, and Dario doesn't rack up the assists because he gets the hockey assist. He gets that yeah. first pass into the third pass that makes the shot, that kind of thing. You know what I see? Because um, And PLR, you mentioned dario as that high post passer as that as he can create a little bit he can rebound a little bit he can defend a little bit he could have been good against Bruce lopez you talk about that i actually and i know a lot went wrong against the dallas mavericks i still don't understand that series at all every freaking game was won by 20 points that was so weird um but i actually feel like dario would have been very helpful toward the end of that series when they were double teaming Devin Booker and nobody else flashed to the high post to catch that halfway pass through the double team from Devin Booker uh, to then pass it to another open guy on the backside really quickly. Because if you're double teaming Devin Booker 30 feet out, guess what? The rest of the floor is three on four or four on three for your side. Um, So Dario would have flashed and gotten that quick pass that second pass to create offense when the Suns offense completely bogged down, especially in that game seven. I think he could have helped settle the team. I think he could have helped balance the team on offense, on, on, on effort. And uh, I mean, yeah, there was a lot that went wrong and Sundress Dunks is bringing up. Yes. The COVID happened on some level cockiness happened. I remember Monty Williams, remember the, uh, the beginning of the, playoffs as the Suns were struggling against the Pelicans you know all credit to the Pelicans were playing really well but still Suns shouldn't have struggled that much um Monty kept remember PLR Monty would say um appropriate fear yes the Suns lacked the appropriate fear of their opponent they went into the playoffs this year assuming wins against teams they felt they could beat easily and that takes your edge away and so they lost that appropriate fear in that second half, in that in that playoffs, definitely in the last month of the season, basically after they hit that sixty wins. So I think Dario kind of helps raise that floor a little bit. Um, so he he could have helped definitely even in the playoffs this year, because as you guys know, by the second half of the Mavericks series, campaign was so bad he got benched the last few games because he couldn't generate the right the right kind of offense and JaVale McGee had been benched by then too, because he couldn't defend on a five out, you know, the way Dallas was playing. And so, um, so would have Hassan Whiteside and all those other guys been benched. But anyway, um, we've got, <laughs> we've got an opportunity there where Dario can be a changeup because you've still got Bismack Biombo coming back this year. I think this is the best combination of big men. The Suns have had actually, uh, coming into this season than they've had in either of the two contending seasons because the first season they went all stretch guys backing up Aiden. 
right, between with Dario and Frank. And then the second season, they went all big men, paint defenders, but no stretch at all with JaVale McGee and Bismack. And because Frank got hurt early in the season, he was supposed to be that balancer. Maybe, maybe with Dario and, and Biz, you've got some nice balance behind Aiden. I like it, but I like the size too, Dave. I, honestly, I think JaVale would have been back if Dallas wouldn't have if Dallas wouldn't have paid him so much money. And obviously what he does is still needed because the Warriors who move up and down and don't really rely on size, they used him for two titles. The Lakers used him for a title. The Suns are fine with him. It's just he's not a guy you can play every game anymore. You have to play him in situations. And Dallas just put him in a situation where they couldn't play him. So that's why I'm with Jay. Every now and then you just need a big guy. Sometimes you just need a big body and the one thing that Dario and Bismack don't give you when Aiden goes to the bench is a big body so I, I don't know maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just old school but I, I think anytime you can have a seven footer on your bench coming off th- th- that's not a negative well I'll let you guys hold out the prayer vigil <laughs> because all those dudes you're freaking talking about are still waiting on the sidelines hoping for an NBA contract so um, you know, I'll let you guys keep up. Andre, I think Andre Drummond signed with the Bulls, if I'm not mistaken. Nice big contract, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a he? member of the Bulls. Yeah, Hassan is still out there, though, folks. So you can you can certainly go to bed at night, kneel next to your bed, <laughs> put your hands together, and pray for big Hassan Whiteside to come off the bench and then scuttle the team's dreams but anyway uh <laughs> let's let's move back oh and uh you know what ted lubin mentioned jock landale we didn't even talk about him yet obviously he's a break glass in case of emergency guy he's an older second year player from australia i think he's 27 28 but he's only in his second year he played for the spurs a little bit last year he can shoot the three he's a good stretch guy. He's basically the frank kaminsky replacement um, he is an, on a mostly non-guaranteed contract, so there's no 100% certainty that he'd be on the team. But given the Suns' current makeup in that he's one of the 14 who are actually under NBA contract and a team can have 15s, right? So the Suns still have an open spot. And if the Suns make a big trade, they'll have even more open spots because they're going to be going, they're going to be leveling up with a many-for-one trade. Jock is probably on this roster this year. Have you guys ever seen Jock Landale play basketball? PLR? Uh, no, I have not. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? And I can, like you said, I can go to bed and rest easy. Thus far, knowing I have not. Um, he, he is, <laughs> he's a guy I watch in preseason, but there's been no need to do an assessment report just yet because you said break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, he is. He is the drinking buddy that you have after you call the first eight guys and you're like, hell, I hope this guy just happens to be wait, at wait, the wait. bar. I'm going to make a correction here. I listened <laughs> to him uh, being interviewed on PHNX Sports this week. You guys should go check out that podcast. Good guys on there. And Jock would be the first dude you would call for a drinking buddy. First dude. Freaking that hilarious. T- that dude that, is awesome. That tells me he's about the 12th guy I want to come in the game so so i will (laughs) so i will hold off to preseason when i have to watch him so i'll i'll be patient 
If we're going to do uh, one of those late night at Summer League Hooters nights again, PR. Yes, sir. <laughs> we want wings at midnight. <laughs> like we did 85 years ago. Exactly. Doc would be an awesome third to join what's, us, man. What's sad is we were old dudes then. So could you imagine how <laughs> we were gray beers when we were there last time? And we literally did just go to eat the wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So the Suns have some interesting depth at center. It's not that dissimilar to prior season's depth. Uh, you guys wish they had a little bit more size. I'm okay with what they've got there. They've got at least some depth. So. If that finals happens again and one guy gets injured, like you mentioned, the Suns will actually have somebody else to bring in that's over six foot six. And um, it's not quite as big as the dudes they had this past year coming off the bench as far as JaVale McGee, but JaVale kind of played himself out of the rotation at one point against the team he signed with for $20 million over three years. They played him off the floor and then signed him. I thought that was interesting. What'd you guys think of the Mavericks off season so far? They, let Brunson go for nothing. They acquired Christian Wood from Houston, who's been let go by every team he's played for. And they signed JaVale McGee at center, and that's basically been their summer. Jake, what do you think of the Dallas Mavericks summer? Well, I wouldn't say they let Jalen Brunson go for free. I mean, if, if somebody hires your dad and then gives you a whole lot more money um, to come play for them. It's, it's kind of, I mean, uh, I don't think the Mavericks were going to be able to, I thought you were going down a whole different analysis. Oh, no, no, I I don't, (laughs) I don't think they would have been able to convince Jalen to stay is my point. Um, uh, So um, yeah, Jalen leaving is actually, yeah, I think it's going to hurt them more than I think people are talking about. Christian Wood is like that most productive guy on a terrible team type player. And he's, he's got that kind of reputation now. So it'll be interesting now that he's on a team that's supposed to be competitive. And I, I think them signing JaVale to that contract too, definitely surprised because of the length of it. I mean, I, I kind of thought JaVale was just going to go the way of the one year contracts until mm-hmm. he was kind of done. But I mean, the Mavericks could only play five out uh, last year. I mean, they were completely limited to that. And that's, that's why it was a little bit, advantageous for them uh, going up against the Suns in the series is that all five guys just stand outside and they don't have a great center like Whiteside. But uh, they got that option now in case they go up against somebody uh, that will actually have somebody that's a little bit more productive in the post. And um, and so, yeah, I, I, I've heard rumors that they think he might be a starter. I don't know if it might be the old. No, it'll be know. one of those token starters where he plays right. like he's done for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. which is basically JaVale since the second half of his career started. And he became, instead of um, Shackton, a fool starting center, he became a backup who can help you win championships in small minutes, you know, or a starter that plays backup minutes. He'll be like that. And that's fine. Dallas. Look, man, Dallas had what Dwight Powell and uh, Maxi Kleba. Like you said, they didn't quite have the size. They had Boban Marjanovic, which that dude is so great. Uh, he's basically the, uh, you know, uh, the, the great guy to have on a bench, but you never play him. Okay. I was going to say, if we're going to go down the hating on white side, hating on Drummond, but Boban, I mean, Hey, I loved him in John wick three, as much as the next Boban guy, is the I mean... extreme of those guys <laughs> yes, where exactly. he can play really well for a minute and a half His and per, per 36 rebound numbers off the charts, off the charts. Yeah. 
Exactly. Bobby right, and let's Toby. <laughs> yes, right? Oh, my God. Did you guys see the Twitter exchange where Tobias Harris, I'm I'm marrying my best friend today. I'm so happy. And everyone thought he meant Boban. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Tobias Harris of the Sixers got married. And um, everyone thought he meant he was getting married to Boban because he just said he's marrying his best friend. He literally had to quote to it himself to say, for clarity, I am not talking Boban Marjona. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's talk about something uh, relevant or potentially relevant. So this week... Kevin Durant and Joe Tsai, since the last time we recorded or I recorded with Brandon last last weekend, um, Kevin Durant met with Joe Tsai and and they met in London. Joe Tsai is the owner of the Nets and Kevin Durant um, laid down an ultimatum, apparently, that nobody refuted. So the ultimatum was laid. The ultimatum was out there because nobody refuted it, that um, either he goes or both the coach and the GM go, Steve Nash and Sean Marks, who built actually two different Nets teams that were both contenders, but just not contenders, but were both really good teams in totally different ways. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think about Kevin Durant actively becoming a coach killer? Hey, let's take just a minute to talk about our friends at DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer, with tons of ways to bet. On all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can't miss this. You You can't skip on this, man. This is a great, great deal. Baseball's going on, soccer's going on all around the world. There's sports all around the world happening. You can bet on those sports right now. You can also bet on futures. Do you think the Suns are going to win the, uh, the championship next year? You can bet on that. You can put, but that's a long play. That's a long play, right? So bet on something that happens this weekend. You will get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's TB. PN, make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's a promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jake, you first. (laughs) Yeah. um, Talk about a reputation you don't generally want to have following you around. Uh, All I kept thinking of is, you know, what a power move, though, uh, uh, of kind of a brass cojones Kevin has to have on probably, I'm assuming, getting put on a private. He went to London, didn't he? He They met in London. London. Yeah. Yeah. To get on a private jet just to be flown out there for something that could be done over the phone, just say, hey, you know, I I just don't like this coach. I, I, I think we need a new general manager. Instead, he flies you all the way to London, and then you still say, you know what, fire these people or I'm gone. Um, that's, he, he cannot stay in Brooklyn now. You can't, you can't fly somebody. That's the thing is you cannot keep Kevin Durant. If you're going to show Josiah later that day said he backs his coach in his, his front office, uh, PLR. What did you think when you saw that? I think it's just the next move on him attempting to force his way out because first you start with the trade and then they basically say, no, we're not training you because 
we're not getting what we think we're going to you know, get for you. So then you have to wait for a minute because you can't kick and scream like, you know, like a six-year-old. So then you wait, and then your next move is, well, you know what? I, I don't want to play for the coach anymore, and I don't want to. I don't want to play for the GM anymore. They, either them or me. So it's the next step in the let me see if I can force my way out. Honestly, though, I think differently. If I'm if I'm Joe Side, I say, well, you know what? Don't play for him, but I'm going to find you every day you're not here. I, I would not trade Kevin Durant, and I would not trade Kyrie Irving. They would both suit up and be ready to go because you have to look out for what's best for your team. And – Trading him for lesser value and not really getting anything and starting over, it's not viable in that market. You're not just talking about Brooklyn playing in Brooklyn. You're talking about them competing with, with, with the Knicks for dollars, fans, eyes, back page, everything. And you can't end up playing like, like Elio Kobu and Nader and getting rid of Durant. It's just not going to sell. So, honestly, honestly, I think he's back in Brooklyn. I just think it was the next step. That is a perfect comment to lead me into this next section. Like I said, so the Nets have put a really high price for trading Kevin Durant so far. Durant is doing the best he can to drive that price down. Durant is trying to get that force the Nets into a position to lower their asking price so that other teams can actually match it and that it's a team that he wants to go to. So the Nets are currently demanding last they put out any feelers for demands or, or, or responses to teams who wanted to make trades was they want at least one all-star back. So they're not going to be playing. They don't want to play Abdel Nader and Eliakobo types. Uh, they want at least one all-star back and a ton of draft picks. And the draft pick market has already been set with DeJunte Murray getting three unprotected first rounders. And then Rudy Gobert getting four unprotected first rounders plus a 2022 first rounder that just got taken the week before the trade. Um, who's, Another guy who will sit on the end of benches for the next 10 years, Walker Kessler. Um, but then you've got five, that's, that's five first round picks effectively, including the 2022 draft. And uh, for Rudy Gobert, now the Nets are in a really tough position because they can't really take just three firsts. They can't really take just, you know, two firsts or whatever it is. Um, the most recent rumor about the Celtics is that while they're willing to give up the all-star part of that in Jalen Brown, because he has his own contract issues that the Celtics are stressed about, um, they only offered one first round pick. And if you're the Nets, you can't just take one first round pick. So let me set the stage here a little bit. The Nets want lots of draft picks and they want an all-star. Let's talk about draft picks for a second. Draft picks, the Nets want as many as possible. Well, here's the rules in the NBA, the CBA. The rules are you can only go seven years out for picks, no more than that. And you can only trade every other year first round picks clean. Clean first round picks can only be every other year. What is that? Let's do math. That's four maximum starting in 2023. 2023, 25, 27, and 29. That's four maximum first round picks. That's what the um, the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. Okay, great. Well, how do you do better than that? You add in pick swaps in the in-between years. That's 
those those pick swaps if the if if you're trading with a, a team that goes really really bad you can end up with top three picks like the next Celtics got to get Jalen Brown and to get Jason Tatum but here's the problem the Nets don't have picks in two of those three opposite years so you could the Nets can easily get some of these clean first rounders 23 to 29 every other year but they cannot take more than one swap in the odd years because they've already given their 2024 and 2026 picks to the Rockets for James Harden that they did not recoup in retrading James Harden. So the Nets are kind of stuck with the most they can do is four first and one swap, or they could do the opposite thing and do three, uh, three first, 24, 26, 28, and four swaps. Or actually, they don't. They can't even swap a, one of those years. So it's three picks, three swaps. What would you do if you're the Nets? Would you? insist on four first i'm just going to ask you as a question if you're the gm of the nets and you know what your max your limits are would you want four firsts from a contender that you're trading durant to and one swap or three firsts but they don't start until 2024 and some swaps in between there plr what would you do Uh, okay that's my only answer i'm going to still go with neither I'm, I'm not moving him. I have him for four years. I'm not moving him. All right, play the game. Play the game. All right, play the I'll, game. Play the game. <laughs> I'll play the game. I'll play the game. to play the game. You're my game. I'll take, I'll take the four every other year picks. That's starting in 2023. Yep. Or and then just one swap there. What would you do, Jake? Yeah. Just um. Yeah. So I'm sorry. So the comparison is more swaps or more picks or Jalen Brown the and comparison. One no, uh, it's, we're just talking picks first. Okay. Yeah, just Keep to, up, guys. Come on. <laughs> you're talking pick picks. And the swap and the, <laughs> you're talking to me like an auto mechanic. Uh, you know, your Johnson rod's broken. You need to get that replaced. Don't, um, again, stop with those references. Okay, so. <laughs> that was it'll, pretty clean. <laughs> it'll run you, Jake. No matter oh, what, God. it's going to run you. It oh, may run gosh. you a little. Exactly. It may run you a lot. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, more more unprotected first round picks. Uh, g- give me that any time because uh, yeah, it's it's more attractive right now in the trade market yeah. to try and swing that into something else. So there's going to be a lot of people going for this uh, this French kid, not named Elia Kobo, and um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are going to be wanting to right. get uh, just another crack at it or just something else deeper down the line for the future. So if that's the case, there's about seven teams who have been mentioned in LeBron, excuse me, Durant rumors, Kevin Durant rumors. Okay. There's only two teams that can give of all those teams, the Heat, the Sixers now, the uh, Celtics, the Suns, the Raptors. That's five teams right there. There's probably a couple of others. Oh, yeah, the Pelicans because of Brandon Ingram. Um the only two teams of those, the only there's only two teams who can give four firsts, and that's the Suns and the Raptors. That's it. So if you're going to trade Kevin Durant, you just got to play along, PLR, man. If you're going to trade Kevin Durant and you're maximizing your first, there's only two of these current um, potential destinations who can even give you the four firsts, and that's the Suns and the Raptors. So now let's talk about the all-star side, the all-star player side. The Raptors are the only team out there that can give you both an all-star Pascal Siakam, one-time all-star, and those four first-round picks. 
if you're the Nets and PLR, I already know your answer because you're you're pretty consistent. If you're the Nets, do you think that Pascal Siakam plus maybe an OG and an OB plus four picks is that going to move your needle? Okay, can I can I throw one in? Yes, that would move my needle. But can I hold out for Scotty Barnes because I'd rather have Scotty Barnes than Pascal Siakam? Of course that- you would. Of course you would. And that's why that's one of the reasons the Nets are still holding out because that's who they want is Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year for 2022. Um, and, and obviously the guy, it looks like the guy with the highest ceiling among them. But if the Raptors are not willing to part with Scotty Barnes and you get down to the wire and you just don't want to start training camp with Kevin Durant, what do you I'll think take of that, that package? I'll take that trade. I really will. I think I would take Pascal. It, please, please don't kill me on. I got to remove my Twitter, but I would take him. I will take him over what the Suns would offer with Mikael, because I think he he's a better player. Huh. Uh, Pascal, right? Pascal Siakam. Pascal. Yep. Well, so. people don't notice Pascal Siakam because he's up in Toronto, I think, and they've had a couple of off years since uh, he became a really, really good player. Uh, Pascal Siakam is. Dang good. He really he is. Create his own shot. He passes. He re- rebounds. He plays. He's basically, yes, he's he's really, really, really good as a triple threat. And, and can play very good defense, too. So yes. Pascal Siakam is a heck of a player. And what's weird is we haven't heard him mentioned among the media rumors, you know, media generated rumors of potential. But he is the guy who fits. He's played one all-star game out of his career. Uh, but he so he does have that all star rep, and um, really he's one of the few guys that could be at the at the high end that could be got. Now, let's switch over to the Celtics. Well, Jake, wait a minute. First of all, would that move your needle? Would you do that, Pascal? What? Over like, um, would you do uh-huh. that over the Suns offering Mikel Bridges? I, I wouldn't, and and just for one reason, um, because to me it's about what what else is showing up you know it's uh pascal's the better player he's that great juicy steak but you're not getting anything else on your plate whereas mikhail's like that great piece of fried chicken then you got mashed potatoes and you got coleslaw and you got beans i mean you well no you got they, a they, few other what if pieces they include, like they've got to do the salary stuff now pascal makes around 30 now because he is a max player although he's a tradable max um what if they included og see i i, I think looking still well one i think uh, i playing the game still a little bit. Kevin Durant would refuse, I think, Toronto because then Kyrie can't come up and visit him. He can't come into the Canadian border still. So if his friend can't ever visit him, does he even really want to go? Um, You know, they still want to be pals. So I think think you're going to have a little bit more. The Nets still want to remain competitive, have a competitive team, maybe make a, you know, a low rank, uh, you know, at minimum in uh, uh, low seed into the playoffs, maybe make some noise. I think you're going to get that if you get some more quality players in the Suns package. Of course, Mikhail's still the top draw, but if you get a Mikhail, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, plus a bunch of first round picks that you can then offload to get another good player. I think you've got something there. Kyrie can take as many shots as he wants. Ben Simmons can do that. Uh, but, I, you know, Pascal, he's not as much uh, – I, I think I think him alone and uh, OG, I'll be honest, I haven't seen him play as much, but I think the – because of Toronto. But uh, but I think <laughs> because it's just yeah. 
you know, it's, it's kind of the same reason that with the Miami Heat and, and uh, just like they keep saying, well, if Bam Adebayo is going to have to show up in that trade, and I think, what what, what are they going to do? They just signed Speedy Claxton back uh, to a nice size deal. I mean, they're just going to become a bunch of centers and Ben Simmons and Kyrie's just going to take shots and tell them to go rebound it for him. I mean, I think if you want a balanced competitive team, the Suns would make the most competitive offer in, in that comparison uh, than uh, Toronto could. Okay. Hey, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. Dave. You know what, Jake? I think you're being a little bit too nice to the other guys outside of Mikhail. Um, OG can really play. And, and and maybe I watch too much Toronto basketball. That league pass, man, it kills you. You watch a lot of crap you wouldn't watch. But I think those two right there are giving you two substantial ballers, plus the picks. Mikhail is great, but honestly, if we're really being true about the roster, Dave always gets on me about saying this. The Suns really have one all-star and one borderline all-star, and then they have an aging all-star, and then a bunch of really good role players. If you make that trade to Toronto, you're getting an a, a, an all-star, a very good player in OG, and all those picks. So I just think that would be a better move. And that, that's that's why I would say Toronto. And oh, real quick, dropping dimes puts a comment in the chat that I feel like I have to address every time I see it. I appreciate you. I understand the Aiden is Aiden, he says Aiden is better than Siakam, and they didn't want Aiden in Brooklyn. I need to address this. The reason the Nets did not want Aiden was contract, not talent. If Aiden was had Siakam's contract, which is he does now, starting a year from now, he can be traded. Um but if Aiton already was fully under contract, they would have wanted him. The reason he, they didn't want him is because he would have screwed up their entire salary cap because he was a restricted free agent this summer. That's why the Nets didn't want to discuss Aiton at all. Had nothing to do with talent. So if Aiton had Siakam's contract and in the same spot as Siakam as far as a couple of years into the contract, Aiton would have been the biggest. I agree with you that Aiton's better than Siakam. But that's not the reason they didn't want Aiton. Um, so anyway... So <clears throat> what I want to point out about Toronto is something one of you guys mentioned a little bit earlier was this is really still a player-driven league and Kevin Durant has to agree to want to go there. Now, Masai Ujiri could say, because he took the GM of Toronto, he took Kawhi Leonard for a year, knowing he might only have him for a year, and he gladly took him. But what did Masai Ujiri do? He gave a lesser package to San Antonio, from San Antonio, sorry, he gave a, he, he gave a lesser package to San Antonio to get Kawhi because he knew Kawhi might only be there for a year. So I can see Kawhi actually, excuse me, I can see Sayujiri in Toronto, not giving up all of Siakam, OG Ananobi, or someone like him and the four picks because he knows Kevin Durant might not want to stay for four full years in Toronto, because I think we all know Kevin Durant's not going to want to stay in Toronto for four years. I just, I just think we do. Um, so if that's the case, then maybe Toronto's offer isn't as good as it could be. And maybe caps out at something like a couple first round picks or one or two first round picks along with Pascal. And all of a sudden it's not as good looking package. So let's shift over to the Celtics. Jalen Brown plus two or three first-round picks. Would you do that? Who else do they have? They're not going to trade Marcus Smart along with Jalen Brown. But who would you – what would you do if you're the Celtics? How far would you go? PLR. I wouldn't. 
I thought it was stupid to offer the trade anyway, to be honest with you. I, I think with Malcolm Brogdon, am I supposed to be playing the game before I answer that? <laughs> no, okay. okay uh, Play the damn game, PLR. <laughs> Jake, the game. I, had to, I had to check if I was supposed to play the game. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, <laughs> no, there's nothing else they could offer that I would think. See, uh, no. Let me answer the question, play the game. No, there's nothing else they could offer other than the picks and Jalen Brown. You can't throw Marcus Smart in. So, who else? Who else is there? You're not going to throw. Yeah. So, young... if you're the Nets playing the game, if you're the Nets and you have an offer of Pascal Siakam, a couple of non-entity kind of role players like the Suns would offer too, but Pascal Siakam in two first-round picks at best, um, or Jalen Brown in two first-round picks from the Celtics. Which of those two do you like better? Toronto still because. We're leaving out the Kyrie factor. If Kyrie is there, I want size. <clears throat> if Kyrie isn't there, then I can go with Jalen Brown. But I need that size of Siakam and OG to be able to play with Kyrie. So I'm still with Toronto. See, I played the game. Thank you for playing the game. Jake, <laughs> would you take Jalen Brown in two first or um, uh, Pascal Siakam in two first? I, I think I would do, uh, uh, yeah, I'll be devil's advocate then. Uh, I, I would I would take Brown. I think he can move the ball a little bit better than uh, Pascal can. Yeah, I would see the size issue, of course, too. Um, so, again, it would kind of be who else is coming in the trade. Can you get me some role players that can go rebound all the shots that those guys are going to be taking? But, um, uh, but you know, I, I keep thinking, too, uh, Ben Simmons, they're good. he can rebound, too. So, I think another ball handler that can actually that will actually shoot when it's crunch time and uh, um, you know and because if otherwise it's just going to be Kyrie and and because uh, um, you're not going to have Simmons taking the last second shot and I don't know if Pascal really is is he, he is he really that crunch time uh, you know twenty seconds left on the clock do you give it to Siakam to try and make something happen. Um, I think you could do that with Brown. And that was kind of a problem that the Suns ran into in the playoffs was who's going to go get you that bucket. Pascal's mm-hmm. very productive in his role. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I would still, I would, I would lean towards the Jalen Brown. I'm actually more surprised that the Celtics would not want to throw in more first round picks to try and make this happen because. Well, the Celtics cannot go any further than three. Okay. But they're, uh, you, you said they're not the... doing more than one or two right now. I'm I'm suggest right now they only offered Jalen and one play the so game up Dave. That to put all three in there <laughs> put, put all three Jaylen in there I'll do the three. well here's the thing um, if they get a commitment from Durant that he would be happy playing with Jay- Jason Tatum in Boston blah 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 if that's okay if that's what Durant says he could do if I'm Boston I would give up three first round picks and Jalen Brown let me tell you why let me tell you why I know PLR's head shaking. <laughs> So let me tell PLR's you. PLR is doing the camera shake. I'm ready. For I've got to do. I've got to do. I've got to get nerdy for just Dang, a second. Stop me. Oh, it's been so long, Dave. Yes, it has. Got to get nerdy for a second. Jalen Brown, it makes about twenty-five million a year or so. He's got two years left on his contract. Um, he will be a restrict an unrestricted free agent in 2024, which is only two years from now. Okay. With the new CBA, with the new DV deal coming in, he's likely to be worth, especially the way he played in the finals, $50 million a year. Because that's just the way contracts are going. 
Devin Booker would be making $50 million a year in two years. So Jalen Brown would be worth something similar to that. Here's Boston's problem. Boston's problem is they have to would have to let him get to unrestricted free agency because the rules in the current collective bargaining agreement only allow you to give a small raise if you're doing an extension to somebody. So the Celtics are not going to be able to extend and keep Jalen Brown before he hits unrestricted free agency and gets a boatload from somebody. Now, they'll always have his bird rights. They can always resign him from unrestricted free agency, but you run the risk of losing him. Okay. So if you run the risk of losing him and you don't want to pay him more than Jason Tatum, who he would probably be worth on an open market in 2024 more than Jason Tatum's contract, they might lose him in two years. An acquiring team is under the same rules and might have the same problem keeping him. So if you're the Nets, you might not want to acquire Jalen Brown knowing if you're not a contender and he's he's going to hit unrestricted free agency in two years. You might not want Jalen Brown as your replacement for Kevin Durant because you're only going to keep him two years potentially. Did I bore you guys? No, you're, you're with us. I'm still thinking bosses walking idiots for even throwing his name out there. Pay him in two years because you'll have the money and you're going to be a better team. I, okay. I just, okay, my, my whole thing with the Kevin Durant trade, and I, you know what, I'm going to save it because I know there's this other nuclear option you're going to bring up because I was privy to the, to the yeah. pregame <laughs> show, notes. Uh, show notes. So when you go to that other nuclear suggestion, then I'll combine it all together. So I'm not going to waste it now and throw in a Johnson rod like Jake did earlier. I'm going to save it for later. Uh, Ted Lubin asked, uh, did he hear it right that Jalen Brown isn't high on the city of Boston? I think Boston is a very complicated place to play because there's a ton of open racism still there, but also it's a great storied franchise. So I think players both love and hate playing there. Kyrie hated playing there. Absolutely. And couldn't wait to get rid, get out of there. And Kyrie is Kevin Durant's best friend. So I wonder, or one of his great friends. So I wonder if um, Kevin Durant would even want to play in Boston or, or sign off on playing there. So that's another thing. So I don't know if Boston is really going to be the team that um, Kevin Durant goes to if he gets traded. I think the Raptors still have the best possible package. And Masai Ujiri is the GM of the Raptors is the, mo- is the one most willing to roll the dice on somebody who might want to stay long-term. <clears throat> so that leaves us. Potentially the Suns not getting Kevin Durant because the Nets could just, like you said, PLR, if they don't play the game, just keep Kevin Durant and say, prove how badly you don't want to be here. I don't know if Kevin Durant has it in him to pull the James Harden where he just goes out clubbing all night and, and comes in fat. I don't know if Kevin Durant has that in him to do. Um, so well, Dave, but I don't know if you want another hot take on Boston, but uh, my hot take on Boston is Dunkin' Donuts coffee is vastly overrated. It's actually trash coffee. So I don't know. You, you wouldn't want to go there for Dunkin', maybe for a Sam Adams because that's okay in a pinch. But uh, I, I would love this, and PLR will respect this because it is very soap opera-y. I would love that if Kevin Durant says, send me to the Celtics because I only want to play for teams that are able to beat me in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, that's why he left for the Thunder and went to the Warriors. Now the the, uh, Celtics beat him. He goes, you know, he's just he's that guy that keeps showing up the end of the season. You think he's dead in the coma or something like that. Boom. He's on your roster the next season. He's ready to go. He just joins the winning team. 
Right. And what I like about the Toronto story is Toronto, if they are able to bring him in for one year and put him in a penthouse suite in uh, Toronto for one year to win a title, I mean, Toronto becomes that like semester abroad that, you know, every college kid always dreams about, like, I'm going to go spend a, a year in Europe or something like that. And he can just be like one year in Canada, win a title and then come back and play in the States again. It'd be a fun story. Toronto just becomes that one and done. Come get your title and walk out. Hey, let me ask you guys. So we've got, we've talked about Pascal Siakam. We've talked about Jalen Brown. We've talked about Mikel Bridges a little bit, just because we all know him so well, we don't have to talk too much. Where would Tyler Hero rank among those players? <laughs> Go ahead, PLR. <laughs> Light is, is, is this another game I got to play? <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you had to rank those players as a, as trade assets, because what if Miami, the best that Miami can do is throw Tyler Hero out there as their headliner if Miami wanted to jump into this. Where's Tyler Hero rank among those headliners? I, I, Tyler Hero, honestly, it's tough because I think he needs one more year for me to really give a true assessment. And I say that because he had a good rookie year. He fell prey to the Miami clubbing in second year. And then he played a great third year. So right now, I would put him below everybody, not based on talent, but based on I want to see two years of consistency. You so, think, though, he's got a ceiling that's reachable, that's higher than one of those three guys or all those three guys? I, I honestly think Tyler Hero is really good. <clears throat> it just hasn't been consistent. So, yes, I, the, you know what? See, I think we've all fall prey of this. We do this in the NFL, too. We start talking about elite quarterbacks. There's five. That's it. There's only five. If there were more than five, people wouldn't have the issue. And we do the same thing in the NBA. There's like five marquee players, maybe six or seven tops. Everyone else is just really good, but better based on the situation they're in. So it's hard sometimes to say, well, he's better than Mikhail. Because if I needed scoring, in all honesty, mm-hmm. I'm going to take Tyler Hero. But if you I need get a me a good, bucket, yeah, 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 I think he can. <laughs> Whereas if I'm if I need someone ten seconds on the clock and I need someone deed up, I'm putting Mikael Bridges on him. So everyone outside of the five, six, seven top greats, they're all great situationally based on what your team does. So right now, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say no. The other guys are going to be better. But if you give me two years of it, I, I can be swayed. Oh, that's two years of ascension. It would have to be major ascension for him. Jake, what do you think? Where's Tyler Hero rank among the Mikel Pascal and Jalen Brown? Fourth <laughs> of the four. He, he's to, to me, I, I like, and I like Tyler's game, but to me, he is the, uh, the young version of, Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, those spark plug microwave shooters off the bench. And I think that is his ceiling where it's, it's just going to be, here's a guy that can get you the bucket that, um, but you're not going to play him in the fourth quarter and in crunch time with four minutes left, because all the opponent's going to do is go at him constantly. Unless he scores so much, he keeps himself on the court. Let me ask you this question. Ceiling, Tyler Hero's ceiling, is it higher than Jamal Murray of Denver? No, Jamal Murray's a better player. Yeah. But Jamal Murray has never once been in the all-star c- consideration. 
Because he's in the West. Huh? He's in the West. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. And he's been out so for that's kind of <laughs> low ceiling. That's all. That's low ceiling for Tyler. Well, Hero. but I, I'm, I, think... I'm, I would put Tyler Hero a distant fourth among those guys. Is all. No, it's a, it's it's a total package kind of deal. Jalen can give you some defense, and he can go score. Mikhail, more defense, less scoring. Pascal is kind of good at both, uh, not great at anything. Tyler is excellent at shooting, but you can't rely on him to play defense. And I mean, the, the Heat. Uh, maybe that was their own problem. Was it? I think Pat Riley was just like. I mean, he kind of trashed his own asset when he was just like, yeah, well, he's going to have to learn how to play both ways. He's never going to start in this league. And it's like, well, you don't do that and then try and say, hey, but we've got a great trade package for you. You can have this guy. I mean, <laughs> I think I think Hero is is pretty darn good. I think he could start for most of the teams in the league. Um, I just think his ceiling is below all stars, all I'm going to say. And so, you know what? I also fully believe Mikel's ceiling is below all star. Now, could he be defensive player of the year someday? Yes. Could he play? Could he be all defense ten straight years? Yes, but I don't know if Mikel is ever going to make All Star because he doesn't create his own shot. Until he actually creates, makes a shot creation package, he won't be an All Star. So there's nothing, no shade on that. Um, so now let's let's do a little bit of a shift. We're 54 minutes in. Now I want to get to what what PLR mentioned was the nuclear option. Let's assume that Kevin Durant does not get traded to the Suns. And the Suns are now left holding the bag, which is the team that won 64 games last year, yet also the team that lost by 30 in game seven against the Mavs. Can you really come back exactly as you were with a year older Chris Paul, hoping that the ascension, the improvements of DeAndre Aiden and Mikel Bridges and all that outweigh out, 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 yeah, outweigh the descension of Chris Paul getting older. I don't know that you can come back and expect good or better as good or better results next year with this current team. If you're worried about that and you're James Jones and you know, you've got to have a player that's better than Devin Booker on your team to win a championship. Cause Devin Booker, I think we would all agree is a top 15 player, but maybe not a top 10 player at this point. And maybe ever, he might not ever make top 10. Almost every championship only gets won by top 10 players, usually top five players. What if LeBron James is get his wandering eye and is looking for a place to land for a year or two before Bronny comes out into the NBA and wants to demand a trade from the Lakers? Would you guys trade that package to the Lakers for LeBron James, who is still a top eight player in the league? And I've already seen, watched PLR's reaction to this, so I'm going to ask Jake first. (laughs) And I want to ask the chatters. Would you trade Mikel, Cam Johnson, couple of firsts, or some variation of that to get LeBron James who has been in was in 10 straight finals until two years ago and is still one of the top 10 players in the game. Jake. Yeah, I mean, I would, but it, it kind of reminds me of that one brief moment when Kobe Bryant started demanding a trade outside of LA. And there was that brief moment where some Suns fans were like, what if we, we got him to come to Phoenix? Um, I, I would do it. Uh, I kind of love to hate LeBron though. So it's hard for me to, 
to put that down for a moment because I love to cheer against him. Um, but uh, yeah, I would I would do it. You know, to, uh, I, I want that title. <laughs> you want the title because LeBron James would give you a hell of a chance at a title. You've got LeBron, Devin Booker. You'd fit perfectly on the team. Um, just in a vacuum, LeBron, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton as your four main horses. What do you think, PLR? Uh, yet, no, hell no, not a chance. No, I, I'm, I'm done with it. And, I, and Dave, you know I've been consistent with this. I am not a fan for trading for real older superstars. I said this, I think, I think it was maybe six weeks ago. Yeah, you didn't want Chris Paul either. No, well, no. Once when I wanted him when they got him, I love the deal they got from Oklahoma city. What I said was, if you have a chance to get younger, go for it. Because we always think now we're in 2022. LeBron equals a championship. That's not true anymore. KD equals a championship. It's not true anymore. The you have to you have to we, we as fans have to stop thinking this player equals this when it doesn't. KD's last title was four years ago with Steph. So maybe we need to stop saying let's trade for KD, let's trade for LeBron. How the hell do you get Steph? He's the magic elixir and everything because you LeBron, you you're giving up your future and hopes that he can play more than 60 games because old dudes don't play more than 60 games. And you got to hope that come playoff time, hope that he's healthy, hope that he plays well with everyone. And if we're really being honest, and no one ever wants to say it, LeBron does not play well with three stars. One star always get, gets left out. Kevin Love got left out in Cleveland. Bosch got left out in, in, um, in Miami. That third star never gets anything. So if you paid DeAndre Aiden that much money and Booker that much money, which one are you willing to turn into a zero-point game in the playoffs in the Chris Bosh? It doesn't always work. I would not mortgage my future for old dudes anymore. Their, their time has been great, but they're not the ones that necessarily are going to lead you there. Roll with what you have. Find a true power forward somewhere so Jay Crowder could come off the bench and let's keep rolling. But hell no, I wouldn't trade for LeBron. Whoa, whoa, I, I got to jump in back on this. So if if LeBron shows up, let's say we lose Mikhail, Cam, and throw in, I don't know, a Shamit or somebody else if you want, uh, and the first. Not Shamit. Not Shamit. Not Shamit. <laughs> No, we're keeping him then. All right, yeah. We need that, that missed shot off the bench. Um, no, no, kidding, Landry. I want you to get better. Um, but would you say that, let's say we bring him in uh, for that package. Are the Suns not now the favored? Uh, you said it doesn't get, guarantee a championship, but are we not the favored team to win it? it it's basically, it's ours to lose. Weren't they favored last year without him? So that's my point. It, 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 we it, thought, it, as Suns fans, we thought that. It, but, I mean, we had just it, lost to the Bucks too. So, okay. we knew we were in the running. If I'm pretending I'm Winhurst or McMenamin, yeah, they're the favorite. <laughs> if I'm if I'm anyone other than those two, no. Old guys don't stay healthy. They just don't. If you look yeah. at the Lakers over the last couple of years, 
LeBron and AD, well, AD stays hurt no matter what, but LeBron isn't playing 70 games anymore. And he's always nicked and banged up. And I'm not going to mortgage the future. Okay, For one more Le- run Le- at a finals, LeBron will but, make himself healthy. Le- let just, me tell you something. just drink that elixir. Dave, two years from now, here's a guy that's looking to lead. We're saying winning means everything, but he's going to sacrifice the winning to play with his son, which I find admirable. I really do. But you're going to give up everything in hopes to win the title. And then if you don't win the title, he's bouncing on you in two years anyway to go play wherever his son is. So now if you don't win that title, you have no picks, no future. All your talent is gone for rolling the dice. That's like All right, Skip Bayless. Let somebody else talk. All right, man. So let's, let's, let's go here now. So LeBron James is still one of the best players in the actual, in the whole NBA. Here's the thing. If LeBron James only has one year left on his contract. Okay. Let's say he does not sign an extension as part of a deal. The Suns could actually squeeze the Lakers. If the, if the Lakers really need to move on because um, they're just, they're just trying to do that. The Suns could actually squeeze it and possibly even keep Mikel. If you can keep Mikel. Do you do the deal? Was that for me, Jake? Well, I've already taken the deal. (laughs) I've already taken the deal. deal. But if you get to let me keep keep Mikhail, too, then then I'm giving you even – I'll give you all of our second-round picks for the next decade, if you'd like. If if I only had to give up – if I only had to give up Cam – and who else did you say? Oh, whoever. Let's just say whatever you got to do to fit the salary crowd. Yeah, if I I gave up, like, Crowder, I'm not giving up Landry. Leave it alone. Um, (laughs) When we get Whiteside in, we're going to unlock Landry Shannon. Jesus Christ with the Whiteside. If I only had to give up a couple first-round picks and I could give up Cam, Cam and Cam, and and – uh, boss man, I'd do that deal. I'd absolutely think that if you can get over the, the LeBron and Rich Paul and, and Robert Sarver issues, if you can actually bring in LeBron without losing guys that I would, I would just absolutely throw up if I saw Mikel Bridges in a Lakers jersey. I would. I just wouldn't be able to handle it. He's so likable, and the Lakers are so hateable. I don't think I could handle that. I think I could live with Cam Johnson in a Lakers jersey for a little while, knowing that he just won't sign an extension with him, and he'll just become a free agent and leave him. He'll he'll do the Steve Nash. Remember Steve Nash? ultimately scuttled the Lakers for the Suns by going to the Lakers and then ruining their future. I loved it. I can see Cam Johnson doing that for us. Um, But definitely I would make that. I think LeBron James, because you would be keeping Chris Paul, you'd be keeping Devin Booker. You'd have uh, DeAndre. And if you can keep Mikel Bridges too, because of that short term. Now, of course the Lakers are going to laugh at this, but what if LeBron and, and Rich Paul forced it? I would do that deal. But I would not do it personally if you had to give up Mikel, only because I would I would sacrifice next year's championship in order to not see Mikel Bridges in a Lakers uniform for four wow. years. Wow. You <laughs> love yourself some Mikel Bridges. <laughs> but My but goodness. you but you call me Skip Bayless because I wouldn't <laughs> trade away the future. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm actually kidding. I would take LeBron. I'm just I'm joking about that. I could live with it. I saw Steve Nash in a Laker uniform. Mikel would just start getting hurt all the time. That'd be great. He wouldn't, he'd be like Steve Nash and stop playing. Um, it's fine. I would take LeBron. I would take LeBron. 
I would take KD because you've got to have that better player. Unless Devin Booker is going to grow into a top five, top seven, top eight player and win you the championship. You don't have the horses anymore right now to go all the way. You just don't. That's my that's my assumption. Well, and, and I hear I hear what PLR is talking about. It reminded me a little bit of when Barkley went to the Houston Rockets uh, to uh, join uh, Hakeem, and they started kind of building the old man uh, super team. Uh, except all all the parts kept breaking down, and they weren't able to to go win uh, a title. But everyone thought, "Oh my gosh, you got all these fantastic!" Wasn't Clyde Drexler on the team too with them? Was it Clyde, uh, Charles, and uh, Hakeem? Mm-hmm. No, it was and Scotty. So, yeah. It was Scotty Pippen too. Oh, that's after right. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. It, it was like yep. a ninety. Clyde, Scotty, Charles, all mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I understand that concern. I, I just this think, the uh, Charles that yeah. says that laughs at all these today's players who want to team up. Have you, Charles? <laughs> you teamed up getting off Philadelphia to the Suns to go to a finals team, and then you teamed up in Houston to go with some of your old buddies who you thought was going to win you. Don't tell me. And here, let's talk about Shaq for a second now. Shaq saying, oh, today's players only want to team up with each other. I can't believe Kevin Durant only wants to go to a winner. How many freaking teams did Shaq force himself onto? To win championships. Did he ever force himself? I felt like he was always pushed out to someone else. Uh, He was not pushed out to L.A. Oh, well, yeah, but L.A. pushed him out to Miami. because He wasn't, no. They wanted Kobe to be the man. He fought fought and wanted a change of scenery to go to Miami to win a championship. And then in Miami, that's when he started fading, and then he gets stuck with, you know, teams like the Suns and all that. But... Shaq always made sure he had a fresh start somewhere. So don't talk to me about fresh, no, not uh, the today's players wanting fresh starts and the, yesterday's players never did. Bullshit. Just, just as a disclaimer, Chuck, that was Dave that said F you. That was not me. So hopefully our relationship is still intact. That's Sir Charles. Dave. Sir Charles. I love Sir Charles, man. I do. I absolutely do. I can still say that, but I love him. But no, um, I, I think I think you got to go for a KD or or a LeBron. And, and, well, I'll put it this way too. And this is the one thing that helps me sleep at night, even if we don't win the KD sweepstakes, is that there's a whole season to be played and a whole trade deadline to approach to. And I would say of all the top tier teams, Phoenix has the most assets to trade. First round picks, we've got a bunch. And then tradable one-year contracts that can go to teams that are going to say, you know what, this isn't working out with Dame Lillard in Portland. Not saying we're going to put Dame on with Chris Paul or anything, but we could go pick up another great player on a team that's just not going to do anything in the playoffs or we'll miss it. And we'll have the resources to go get somebody like that. But I I think a LeBron or a KD, I think you got to pull that uh, trigger because the Phoenix is always, we've always bet on, the continued development of our players in the future and our first round draft picks. This is reason why at first I was when James Jones started saying he didn't really care about the draft. I was a little hesitant because for the last 10 years, we always thought that dragon Bender or somebody was going to show up and save the day. But at this point, dragon Bender. Hey, let me just jump in here. Dragon Bender didn't even make the Croatian team. He tried out and he didn't make the Croatian national team. He just needs another offseason, Dave. No, but uh, the thing is, I would rather take it one title now and then have the wheels fall off, have LeBron leave, Chris Paul retire, and get that one title in so we can say we've got it, rather than 
we're going to be a good team in the 50 wins to 60 wins and then say, now who can we pick up in the draft in the late 20s uh, in, in the draft? I think going going big uh, would uh, would be the smart move here. We don't going want to relive those Joe Johnson player, days. Not going big as far as Hassan Whiteside. Well, I mean, we got room on the roster. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, uh, Sawbucks here. Just to trigger me, I know you're just doing it to have fun with me, Sawbucks. But Sawbucks left a comment. We need Whiteside to move eight into the power forward position. And then that makes me think of Carl Anthony Towns, who has officially been moved to the power forward position by the Wolves so they can play Rudy Gobert next to him. Final hot take of the day, and then we're out because it's already 10 after. Got to go. But final hot take of the day. Is the Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns pairing going to rocket the, the Minnesota Timberwolves into the top of the West? PLR. That move, no. But Anthony Edwards is so freaking nice, dude. Once he figures out how to play basketball, he's going to be the reason why they they get there. But not Gobert. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Gobert as, a, as an individual player, um, but I think uh, – Anthony Edwards is going to dribble past uh, uh, the defender and run into either Carl Anthony Towns or Gobert. That's the problem. A, yeah, and so I he's going to dribble in and then dribble back out because it's I mean, packed. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch at the beginning of the season. Before I think they're actually going to regress a little bit. Uh, I think they'll still make the playoffs, but I think um, I think they're going to take a little step back. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time today. PLR, tell us where we can find you. We are well. You can find me on a cave show, but we are on hiatus. Uh, if you have any people that did not go to ASU or NAU or Grand Canyon but went to that other school in the state, that means we're on vacation for a while. But we're back on the 25th on the cave. So I hate to use big words and confuse them. Um, <laughs> but we, we, are, we are back for them forever. Uh, we are back on the 25th, but I am still lively on Twitter. Yes, Jake, I've, I still watch Days of Our Lives. It's about to start streaming though it's leaving NBC after over 50 years. But I'm I'm all over Twitter. You can either catch me at PLR on sports on Twitter, uh, the Sports Cave with the K on Twitter, and then, of course, we're on Instagram and the Facebook. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Jake, tell us where we can find you, my man. Yeah, you can find me at Fallen Founder on Twitter, and also I'll be launching a petition on petitions.com for uh, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, or Hashim to beat have decided who I want to bring to the Valley yet. Oh, he just sure signed overseas, man. Well, he's we bring him back. Bring him back. He, he's working at Dick's out here in Gilbert, dude. I'll see him in a few minutes. Right? I mean, they saw Kevin Durant at Chick-fil-A, so I'm sure, I'm sure all these guys are just going to start showing up. You guys here. can go to Dick's and look up to him. All right. Uh, my name is Dave King. and uh, My name is Dave King. My handle on Twitter is Dave King NBA. And you can find all my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. I went in real depth on what the Nets are looking for for KD this week with the draft picks uh, possibilities as well as the player possibilities uh, that the Nets can be targeting. Those players that I mentioned are really the top end of what the players can, the Nets can possibly get. And I tell you why over at brightsideofthesun.com. So go look at that and, um, and we'll see you again next week. Um, I'm actually trying to get a really, really special guest on a midweek episode coming up on solar panel. So watch out for that. Um, otherwise we'll see you next Saturday and uh, thank you all for joining us.
Have a great afternoon, everybody.